Welcome to Moonbeaming, a podcast about lunar living, magic, creativity, tarot, and more. I'm your host, Sarah Faith Godestiner, and I'm so honored and excited to be here with you today. Hello, and welcome back to Moonbeaming. If you are new here, if this is your first time listening, welcome. I am your host, Sarah Faith Godestiner. I am an author, artist, psychic, and business owner. This is a podcast about spirituality, creativity, life, business, boundaries, tarot, archetypes, abundance, you name it, we got it. I'm so excited to be here with you today because, wow, do we have a great episode. Before we get into it, a little quick announcement. There are a lot of really amazing workshops coming up. A lot, a lot. There is an amazing workshop on quantum energetics and divination from the one and only Sanyu Estelle this month. May 28th, I believe. And there is going to be another deep dive workshop on spirituality coming up in June that will be announced in a few weeks with another special guest from Many Moons. Also, my Better Boundaries workshop series has begun. And in conjunction with that, we're opening up some guest workshops that are a part of the workshop series to the public. We have Breathwork for Boundaries with Susan Ate. We have a class on herbs and plant allies and boundaries with Liz from Sister Spinster, friend of the podcast, and more. So to get in on all of that information, please sign up for the newsletter. It is linked in the show notes. That's how you know what the studio is offering. We're in your inbox once a week, once in a great blue moon, it's twice a week. And the newsletter itself is just a good newsletter where I share information I don't share anywhere else. I've also been doing this new thing this year where I only tell my patrons and the newsletter community about the offerings and products and only announce them on social media if there are slots left. Because so many of my offerings are live, I have capacity. It's true. Yes, I have energetic capacity. Imagine that. And so I can't open these up to a million people. So what that means is they sell out Yeah, I am definitely looking into other ways to do certain classes like pre-recorded, of course, but until then, they're live and they have limited capacity. So the newsletter link is in the show notes and you can click the link to subscribe. I want to give a big, big thank you and shout out to all of this podcast's patrons. We have a Patreon. It is patreon.com backslash the moon studio. And it is you gentle patrons that make this podcast possible. It's how I can pay 
the editor. It's how I can pay the associate producer. It's how I pay for all the costs of the podcast. And it's how I pay our guests. So if you want to sign up for that, also, you know where the link is. It's in the show notes. And thank you to everyone who's joined us over there. It's a lovely space filled with lovely people, if I do say so myself. Okay, let's get into today's episode. We are so blessed today to have Brie Luna, founder of The Hoodwitch. Perhaps you might have heard of The Hoodwitch. Perhaps. Here's a little bit more about our guest. Brie Luna is a published writer, tarot reader, and the founder of thehoodwitch.com. As the granddaughter of a Mexican curandera, she was taught traditional folk healing practices at an early age. Through the use of plants, minerals, and candles, the wisdom of her ancestors was instilled in her, and eventually these practices came intuitively. She offers everyday magic for the modern mystic by creating meaningful rituals to educate, guide, and inspire others. Friends, I don't know if you remember a pre-Hoodwitch era, but when Brie started the Hoodwitch, there was nothing else like it. She influenced the online magical space tremendously, which also means she influenced the IRL magical space tremendously and really inspired and affirmed so many Black, Brown, Indigenous, AAPI witches, magical practitioners of color, I know in particular, but really all witches because what she was doing was so fresh, modern, original, and needed. She also really inspired me personally because, you know, my practice, it's not Wiccan, it's not pagan, it's not from Norse mythology or Great Britain. That's not where I'm from. That's not what I resonate with. And that's what a lot of us get exposed to as being the touch point for witchcraft, for the craft, for magical practice. And there are so many other ways that witchcraft is practiced around the globe. And of course, if you do resonate with paganism and, and Wicca, that's awesome. It's wonderful. I celebrate that. Great. Hooray. Hip, hip, hooray, babe. But we need many other examples. Sorry, I crack myself up a lot on this podcast. It's just me. I got to make myself laugh. I'm just here in a room surrounded by multiple beverages, as one does when they host a podcast, staring at my microphone. Okay. But we need many other examples of what a spiritual practice can look like. And that's what the Hood Witch has done over the years. In this interview, we get into this more. Brie shares what running her business is like, how it got started, what she wishes she had known, and some of the challenges that have come with being so visible. We talked about what she's learned from years of being in the online space 
And she talks about how her upbringing has influenced the kind of work she does currently. We also talk about healing. She shares about an upcoming project that's coming out, hopefully in the near future. It's been a long time coming. It's a big one. And I know you're going to be excited about it too. It was such a great conversation. I respect Brie so much. She's so talented, so sweet, and so real. And I could have talked with her forever. So hopefully we can have her back on. Brie, if you're listening, will you please come back on? Okay, here's this week's interview with Brie Luna. Hello, hello. We have the most specialist guest on the podcast today, someone who I truly have the utmost admiration and respect for, someone who has really changed the game in a lot of ways, someone who is I just, I just feel really lucky that this person is in the world creating art and paving a path forward. And today on Moonbeaming, we have the wonderful Brie Luna. Brie, welcome. Hi, how are you? <laughs> so happy to be talking with you. I'm sure that most of our listeners are familiar with you, but for the like one little toad on a log who's listening right now somewhere <laughs> in the woods. Can you just share a little bit about um, who you are, what you do, what excites you? Well, if you've been living under a rock, no, I'm just kidding. Um, my name is Brie Luna. I am the owner and creative director for thehoodwitch.com. I am a practicing witch. I am a bitch. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> a witch, a bitch, a mother, a sister. No, I mean, yeah, all of those things. I uh started doing hood witch about what shit it's been like how long six seven eight million years now um i started doing hood witch which was a space where i began creating uh sharing magical insights spells full moon new moon insights um using uh instagram like social media stuff like that um, and really just, you know, a lot of this stemmed from my grandmothers and my family. Uh, and so at the time when I started doing Hood Witch, there were not many platforms for women of color specifically and not many uh, women of color who were stepping forth uh, in social media and utilizing it in the way that I was. So I didn't really feel like I fit into a lot of uh witchy or magical uh european like you know like kind of like celtic-y wiccan spaces because that wasn't who i was and that wasn't how i grew up and when i started doing the hood witch i wanted to share information that was authentic to me my culture my family but also in like a very digestible and approachable manner so it didn't feel exclusive um i wanted to share art and just really beautiful uh, artwork and magic and and just again like putting it into a way that didn't feel like uh, 
it was just exclusive for a certain group of people. And I think that was really the difference uh, between me and a lot of other practitioners at that time. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, that what makes me excited is, you know, truly like art and sharing my voice and just the culture, like, uh, I don't know, just, there's a lot I'm, and I have like I'm like my brain is like rambling on I'm like Sarah that was such a <laughs> I like went on a whole like rant with I'm just we like, love it we it's I, not a rant you sound I, great thank you I'm just I'm just still after all of these years really excited about where we're going and what mm. the future of magic looks like and yeah just how much has changed from even when you and I first met and doing like the phases of the moon and like the the just everything like even on social platforms what magic and witchcraft looks like in popular culture like you and I have definitely seen such a huge shift from the time when we started you know when we met and started talking to each other yeah there's definitely been a huge shift and I would say it's 100% for the better I would say that the more voices that we have, you know, I think that that Celtic, Wiccan, pagan, strand form of witchcraft is only but one, like one sliver in a way. And I think that um, it gets conflated with like mainstream witchcraft, um, but there's so many other forms of witchcraft and so many other forms of practices out there. Moving right along, I want to go back to this um, this form of witchcraft that you first were introduced to from your family, from your grandmothers. What kinds of practices or beliefs were you influenced by growing up? So as a child, I don't, I mean, for our listeners, I'm not sure if most people are aware I am half black and I'm also half Mexican. And so my grandmother, uh, my father's mother, she's African-American, she's from Louisiana. So we have a very deep roots and culture in Louisiana and Arkansas and Texas and Tennessee so a lot of the practices that I witnessed from my paternal grandmother um, was would be considered hoodoo. So that is our traditional form of folk magic, um, you know, and that's something that I grew up with and I didn't really re realize or recognize at the time when I was a little girl what that was even called um, because my grandmother still went to church, uh, still went to Christian church and catholic you know church from my mom, mom's mother she's mexican and so i think with having two very unique and very different practices growing up uh in my life and just seeing my mom's mother and my maternal grandmother you know practicing forms of brujeria like you know she was very um she was very, she wasn't afraid to let people think of her as a bitch or as someone who was scary or, you know what I mean? She never tried to sugarcoat herself. She was very outspoken. Both of my grandmothers were Pisces. So two very, very psychic, 
naturally psychic women, um, probably two of the most psychic women that I've ever known in my life. Uh, but just two very different energies. So when I think of the astrological symbol for Pisces as having the two fish, I always think of their respective energies. Like I see my grandmother from the South. She was very much like that Southern hospitality, very sweet nature, very, you know, just smile and like, oh, bless you, sweetie. You know, even though she's like, oh, <laughs> I'm going to cut your ass <laughs> out. Like, I got something for your ass later. You know what I mean? But she was always, you know, like just baking cakes. And she really taught me a lot of traditions like hoodoo and like conjure to, uh, tradition, um, even with food. So both of my grandmothers were phenomenal green thumbs, uh, knew how to grow plants. My my grandmother, who was from Louisiana, my dad's mom, Althea, she lived in South Central Los Angeles, and my grandma, Sylvia, lived in East LA. So having family, you know, I've, I've been doing a lot of work. I know not to like go on too lengthy of a tangent, but like I've been doing a lot of ancestral work, um, digging into my history, my family's roots. We have a very, very uh, unique story that I will be sharing eventually. Um, but seeing how they both ended up moving and being in California and having two very different uh, cultural experiences, but both being two very powerful healing women. Um, it's something that I do not take for granted. And I really think that they've, you know, each instilled in me very different um, forms of magic, you know, and like how I came into my own practices because, you know, like back in the day when I was a little kid, I just, I honestly just thought they were superstitious. I thought it was weird. I was like, what are you, like, what, like, why are we doing all this? Like just certain stuff that my grandmother used to say. And I was actually recently having a chat with my dad about my grandma. And I was asking him about like hoodoo, like superstitions and just funny stuff that like the old folks like used to say and um you know a lot of like traditions like a lot of superstitions for example like if you keep your purse on the floor that's money out the door I've heard that saying before <laughs> yeah um and just like all I mean they have a lot of stuff so like my grandfather my paternal grandfather he was from Arkansas and he told me this he used to call me pinky so when I was a little kid he used to call me a pinky so he'd be like pinky you know, he's like, I don't accept black coffee from single women. And I'd always laugh and say, what does that mean? He's like, I, I didn't get it at that point, but he just laughed at me and he wink. And he was like, I don't accept black coffee from single, from single gals is what he says. Single gals. I don't take black coffee. But what he was implying was blood magic that women would use with their menstrual blood and they put it in the black coffee. Or if you're from the South, a lot of black people know, like if you are eating spaghetti like you know there's always that wink wink like oh you don't eat everybody's spaghetti like stuff like that <laughs> especially you know I, I mean I know it sounds wild to people but we have magical listeners so they know what's up with using the blood so wow that's so wild and I'm just curious like what are some of your beliefs or your cosmology or your faith 
now within your practice? And is a lot of that or some of that linked to hoodoo or linked to, directly to your grandmothers? Um, I really, I think that, you know, over time, uh, for me, like, once I became a mother was really when, you know, I, there was something that shifted in me, I, at a very young age, had always been very, very psychically inclined, I was very psychically sensitive, um, as a small child, but I didn't really know how to tap into that. And my grandmothers, you know, I think that they saw that within me. And a lot of the times I was very rebellious, you know, and in, in terms of like religion and things like that. Um, I just didn't subscribe to what was presented to me and what was seen as like the norm. I, I always ask questions and I got in a lot of trouble for that in you know like Sunday school like the, the few times that I went with like other uh friends their parents would take us to like church and I always got in trouble I was always seen as like the bad one but I think over time I, I would say probably about when I was like 10 years old um I really loved going to the library and I loved going into bookstores and researching um, paranormal and just supernatural, you know, I yeah. love I love learning about different cultures. I've always had a fascination with people and cultures mm -hmm. and spirituality, um, and that always really fascinated me. But I really gravitated in the bookstores at that time to like new age and occult and you know, and I'm like, oh wow, you can put spells on people. So at 10 years old, I was a I was a bad girl. I, I would still I I mean I still I, I say this to this day, I would steal the books because I couldn't afford them. I didn't have money. Yeah. I didn't I didn't have money to buy books as like a teenager. Um I loved, you know, I just loved learning. So I I mean yeah. I didn't really have any other way to access that type of information mm -hmm. it wasn't like how you know it is now when we have like the internet and I mean we had the internet but it was basic as hell like <laughs> it, it we didn't we weren't really like using the internet to look up that I mean we kind of were but not really I think it was still like bookstores <laughs> for sure it was bookstores and I was wondering like what are your spiritual beliefs today like right now honestly like my spiritual beliefs uh I I've still stand by like I really still stand by how I was even then like mm. I don't subscribe to religion um I think that my connection with nature and to spirit and to my ancestors and to earth and to like the stars and to plants and to just the everyday like human experience uh you know that those are my teachers and i connect to my ancestral like heritage and like roots like from you know i, I enjoy like hoodoo and i enjoy like divination and I have such a respect you know for like African traditional religions and practices because again that is still something that is within my family even like with Santeria like my grandmother's side like 
but they just weren't really like that that wasn't my path you know and and i have a lot of knowledge and understanding of both and i think that um i just i have such respect and love for how much was able to be preserved for all of these years i just think that my path is a little bit different you know i i i still enjoy having some flexibility and and i think that if i had to i don't really call my magic or like my practice by any name because it's just so um it's so intuitive for me and it's something that i've really just held on to from just growing up and from life and from experience so there is a respect for all of the religions and traditions and practices and i guess the way i see it is anything that helps to elevate you makes you a better person makes you um that heals you and allows you to help others and and not put them down and to not criticize them or to cause harm to anyone i think is the best thing that you can do um spiritually i just don't think there's any wrong or right way to be a witch if you feel like calling yourself if you identify as being the witch then you are and and i think that that's one thing that we all need to get straight you know what i mean like because there's so many people that want to gatekeep like oh you're not the witch and you're not this because you dress or you look like this and it's like no like shut the fuck up like you don't get to tell me like that's the beauty of the witch you know what i mean it's like you don't get yeah. to tell me who i am or how i practice and what's real and what's not real to me because the real is what works that's how i've always seen it <laughs> i mean i'm a practical witch myself and i always say like i'm also a very intelligent person as are you and i'm like i i want what works i wouldn't do this if it doesn't work i wouldn't do this if it hasn't transformed my life and it might not look like your practice but that's okay like i'm not out here to tell you what you can do or what you can't do um speaking of magic magical practice often when i am creating something that feels like it's really in alignment and feels like it needs to come out of me I will see things start lining up, synchronicities, uh, things might feel a little bit easier. Did anything like that happen with you when you decided to create the Hood Witch? So interestingly enough, I, I really think that I never put much expectation onto what the Hood Witch was going to be. And I really just allowed it to be. I allowed it to take form into whatever shape that was. And I continue to put out, I guess, as they call it, content. <laughs> I hate that word now. Content, put out the content. Um, but I shared just, again, authentic stories and photos and artwork i like to call it visual storytelling so i really wanted to share information that i believed in and stuff that was taught to me and just recipes or rituals or 
affirmations or, you know, just all kind of stuff. And, and what I found was the more that I was authentic and not just doing stuff to keep up with anybody or to put out something that I thought people would like, I didn't care what people would like. I liked what I like, you know, and I thought if I'm putting out something that was authentic to me and made sense to me and was cool and like looked visually awesome, you know, like just fun. It was just fun. Like it never, I never started Hood Witch with any like intention of being like, oh, I need to become the the witch of this and the, 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 the. it's like, I never thought of it that way. I just was like, oh, cool. Like this is my page and like my community of people. And like, I get to meet all these cool witches and everyone's like sharing information. And, you know, I, I learned a lot um, from the beginning with doing Hood Witch and I feel like it's just ever evolving and it's just taken so taken me places I never would have imagined. So yeah, I, I do think there's alignment and I don't think that your guides or your ancestors, if you're doing some like bogus shit or if you're doing something that's really whack and not <laughs> authentic and you're disingenuous and you're teaching people crazy stuff that's not even, you know what I mean? If you're like scamming people or you're doing just shady shit. Like, I don't think that you're going to be successful. I don't think that, you know, spirit does not lie. You can't front on your energy. You can't, you can't fake that. And people are going to know it. Like when they meet you or when they look at your page, they're going to be like, Oh, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't really feel aligned with that. So I just, I think that, you know, there are so many witch pages and Bruja and everybody is healing and Reiki and all. <laughs> so it's like, I'm, I'm so like, it's so cool, you know, to see because so many people have been connecting with that shift and with that energy. And there are just so many voices. So it's like, even if you don't like me and you don't like what I'm doing, okay, that's cool. There's going to be somebody else who's doing it that you know, that you do resonate with. So it's like, for me, I've always put out information. It's like, take what you want from it. Take what you need from it. I don't have any real like attachment. I've always just felt like a conduit of like letting the information come out of me in a manner that feels good and makes me feel comfortable. It's not disrespectful. I do believe, and I'm going to say, because we were just talking about this, as I was saying, like gatekeeping and like witchcraft, I am going to clarify, there are some practices and traditions that are closed and that needs to be respected. That is not for the internet. It's not for TikTok. It's not for a joke. There are certain practices and traditions that you absolutely must be initiated into. And there needs to be a respect for that. I have never crossed that boundary of dipping my feet into a closed practice because that is disrespectful. And I think that is just one thing where it's like, there are people who, you know, they'll be like, well, I've initiated myself into it. And I'm like, that's not how that works. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, sweetie. Like, I know you've watched this on like YouTube and certain things, but I'm like, that's not, you have to go through elders. There's a process. There is, you know, a lot of work that has to be done. Like those titles are earned, not, something that you self-appoint so 
I just wanted to clarify that where it's like, no, nah, not every practice is an open free for all, you know, so. That is correct. That is correct. Um, I love that point that you made. It's a really important part point, especially now where, like you said, you can just Google anything or find anything and find anyone saying anything. <laughs> and it's, it's uh, not always respectful. And I could talk about this all day. Um, it's a minor pet peeve of mine, but I will move it right along uh, <laughs> because I wanted to ask you about your business. You know, you're a business person, like yeah. you're a very successful business person. What do you wish you had known when you first went into business for yourself? So I think one thing that set me apart and differentiated me is like, as a black and brown woman, I did not grow up with having privilege. I didn't get to have mentors. I never knew shit about business. Um, so when I went into this by myself, it was wildly intuitive. Um, I am a college dropout. <laughs> I just, you know, I was like, wow, I want to do, you know, I didn't really see it as a business you know what I yeah. mean but it was I was doing tarot readings at like pop-up markets I was making my own tea blends in my kitchen and my own bath salts really that is how it started like my friend would have a little market every Sunday and I would read tarot there and sell my crystals and yeah. you know just have my had a little booth and everyone would come and meet me like and just see me there in my own little booth and and so I think I wish like looking back that I did have, you know, a mentor or someone that could have helped me learn about like taxes and learn about like yeah. structuring my business and how to do all of these things that I, I didn't have anyone to teach me that like my parents, Same. they didn't know shit, you know, like my parents don't know about that stuff. My parents, they don't, they don't run a own a business, you know, like they don't know anything about that. So a lot of these things I had to figure out by trial and error. And so I, I really would like at some point in my life to do like workshops on like business for like young uh, entrepreneurs and people who are just getting started or in, in learning how to like intersect a spiritual business mm -hmm. with making money and not feeling guilty about that. I think so many people have this, uh, this guilt around being successful. And I don't because I believe that this is your birthright. This is what you came here to do. And why should you not be compensated for that? It's an energy exchange. And unfortunately, yes, we live in a world of capitalism. If we did not need money to exist or to pay our bills. Um, sure. That'd be great. I mean, I do, I still love like bartering with my friends, if I'm doing readings, if they have a service like massage or facials or, you know what I mean? Like they make something I love. It's like, I don't mind sharing or trading services, but the reality is I have a child. I have bills to pay. I have family. Like I can't, I can't live that way. So I, I just think there should be less guilt and shame around uh, honoring yourself in your services, you are putting out something beautiful and you deserve, you are deserving of 
living a life where you don't have to struggle and suffer and especially black and brown women you are not put here to struggle and to suffer like our ancestors have done that already they want us to thrive and if we are magically inclined if we're sharing our gifts we need to be compensated for that say it again and again and again <laughs> there's there's so much um like stigma in the so-called like spiritual or witch world around making money or talking about money or charging for services or charging well for services and i think that there's a little bit of holdover maybe from both people discredited and discounting the spiritual and the feminine and also i don't know because i'm not christian like i've no that's like another planet to me christianity but i feel like there is some kind of imprint or something through christianity and like money being bad or i don't know but i feel like it like it seeps in um or that you can't be spiritual if you have uh, material abundance, but we're material creatures. Like we live on the earth. We don't live on another planet where we float around. Like I like these tinctures I have next to me. Like I, you know, like it's, and I think it's like, it also just feels like, and I'm just gonna go off on one. So just bear with me, my dear. It also just feels like this weird insidious, like patriarchal tool that gets in especially with women where like you can't be powerful you can't be successful and sometimes I will see feminine people use it on each other kind of Mm -hmm. almost like it's like a bad thing or oh she's a bitch or she's that um but it's a way to sort of distract us from being in our power and and being comfortable Um, and being resourced because when we're resourced, we can help other people Mm -hmm. be resourced. So that's my like two cents on it today. (laughs) Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I'm laughing because to take it back to like the Christianity, it's like, I am laughing because I'm like, well, if Christianity sees making money as being materialistic, then why are, why is every preacher and pastor driving like a brand new mercedes or like why why are they taking all the money out of the collection boxes and why are they not paying taxes so i mean that's i'm like i'm just gonna clock them on that real quick because i'm like if you if you feel that like money and materialism like i don't i don't i just don't subscribe to that you have to be humble and subservient and you need to you know not make money and just live off of what you can't it's like no like fuck that like I'm not doing that like I'm not I'm not struggling I'm not paying someone else to be my guru I don't need to have a connection with some holy roller to have a connection with God um I can talk to God every day that I wake up when I look in the mirror um so (laughs) I like you know the goddess or the god whatever you know it's like your higher self it's like I don't need any man I don't need a middle man I don't need to pay anyone to be the middleman between me and my connection to the divine or to spirit or to God or the goddess period um I think that you know in, in terms of the like patriarchal standards of wanting to keep women down absolutely I think a lot of those 
ideas of if you're smart, if you understand yourself, if you know who you are, if you say no, if you have boundaries, if you're firm with them. Uh, a lot of people, yes, will call you a bitch and will call you every name in the book. You're a witch. Oh, she's such an asshole. She's so this. And it's like, are you really a bitch and an asshole? Or, or do you just have firm boundaries that you're not going to be fucked with? And you're not going to play with my money and you're not going to play with me. So that's what it really comes down to. And I'm not, I'm not somebody who is afraid of those titles. I don't care what you call me, but you know, it's like, you're just not going to play with my time and you're not going to play with my money period. Like that's, that's just the end of the story. And I, I think that, yeah, sorry. No, 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 go, 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 go. Oh, I just, I, you know, I really think that the more we start to um, allow other women and women identifying people to take up space and to claim, you know, what is theirs. I spent a lot of years, Sarah, like being in the shadows and feeling all of these things where I'm like, I never posted photos of myself because I didn't want people to be like, oh, well, she doesn't really fit the image of what I thought. And, you know, I was so scared. I would get so many like hateful comments or, you know, just mean haters, like just nasty people who would be like, oh, she thinks she's cute. And like, are why are, if you are a witch and into natural nature, then why do you have your nails done? Or why do you wear like makeup and ears? And I'm just like, First of all, I never said I was a fucking saint. I'm not a saint. I'm a witch. There's a difference. So like, don't get that twisted. I love glamour. I love beauty. I love skincare. I like eating good. I love having my nails done. I'm also ruled by Venus. I'm a Taurus. So, you know, I like all of those things. And I've never been afraid to shy away from that. But I think there's yeah. just a certain vulnerability when you put yourself onto the internet I didn't want to be, I was so scared to be like the face or the brand. And then I realized as I started doing more events and meeting the young girls and the young people who were like teenagers and like little black girls who were like teenagers who, who reminded me of me when I was a kid, like, I really look up to you. Like I learned so much from your site about the moon. And like, I grew up as a Christian and and I love your site because you're teaching me how to, you know, like X, Y, and Z, like teach me how to break away from this. And I never believed in this. It felt so good where I was like, damn, like I need to show up for these girls. Like I need to show up for myself. Like you've worked hard, Brie. Like you are, you need to take care of little witch baby Brie. Like that's where that shadow work and that inner child work, like of always feeling like an outcast. I did not fit in in middle school. I did not fit in in high school. Everyone was like, she's a devil worshiper. Oh, she listens to rock music. Her hair is pink. She has piercings and stuff. I was doing that. It wasn't cool when I was a teenager. That was not cool at all, like to be black or Latino, like to be outside of that box that everyone saw you in and so like especially like in Los Angeles like I I really had a hard time because so many people always put me into this box of you just don't belong you don't fit here and you're too weird and you're I, I always just was othered you know like me and a select group of my friends like 
we were always othered. If you're gay or if you're dressed like this or your hair was this, you know, like they really put me into a box. But then fast forward to now, I have a successful business. I'm living my best life. And those bitches on Facebook, you know, they find you 15 years later and they're just like, oh my God, I'm doing a spiritual class. Like, you know, like they're asking me now for tarot readings and spiritual advice and I just think that so many younger people now have it so much easier and we have like you know what I mean like everything's cool it's like euphoria and everyone's like sexual (laughs) and everyone gets to be out and open and sexy and dress however you want and have whatever hair color it's like things are so different but I really think um I really think it was important I mean to just go back to what we we're saying is like to show up for me and to do that type of healing and to not be ashamed of, you know, being successful and not being afraid of owning your gifts and owning your power. Do you think that, and this just occurred to me, do you think that spirit or your ancestors conspired to help you concept and create hood witch to help you with your own individual healing around some of these things oh my gosh yes I I really feel like that was their way of like truly helping me through the light and through the darkness of it all like I've been through hell and back and there are just so many stories um within hood witch stuff that I've been through um stories I've faced against like even being persecuted against other witches you know what I mean like who at the time were not open to what I was doing they were more like old school or even Mm -hmm. just like rivals and like witch wars and like petty beefs and again it was just like coming from this place of lack and it was so sad to me like to to feel like I was coming from such a genuine place and then having people tear you down who didn't even know you having people use magic against you who didn't even know you like that just wanted to like destroy you and it all really came from such a dark awful place of there's not enough for me she's taking it all like she's in the spot like I want what she has I'm better than her like I I'm more powerful than her I have you know more to offer than her and it was sad because it's just like well damn like there is enough for all of us. Like yeah. you could be my friend. Like we could be building each other. Like you could be my sister. We could be like having a really amazing journey together. We could be healing each other, but instead like you're choosing to use your magic and your practice to break me down and to destroy me and to hurt me. Why? You know? I so hard relate. I have never had someone expressed to me this because it's happened to me again and again and it there to me it's like nothing sadder when I feel like everything you're saying my intentions are that I want community and connection and I'm getting a little teary I don't oh, know I was why. about to cry I was literally about to cry because well, like you know we want like just like you I was bullied and you know I was a super freak I've always been a total weirdo wherever I am And you take some of those scars with you and part of healing is creating what you wanted and what you needed. And it's coming from this heart centered, heart led place. 
And then there's this, like, I feel like the part of me that got hurt by, like you were saying, witch wars or rivals or magic used against you, hate campaigns, copycats, like whatever you want to call it. That little part in me was like, what? Like, it was like, huh, I'm coming from this genuine place of wanting to connect, like wanting to share. And you're really twisting this. And it it's doesn't- so triggering. It's it is like, I'm not joking you. It made me really just become super private and just retreat. Same. It made me feel so angry and like, it was weird because it's like certain people, you know how they still there's a thin line between like love and hate. It were like, somebody will love what you're doing so much and they hate you because you're the one who's doing it. And they're like, oh, like, I hate that bitch. Like, I can't stand seeing her. Like, why does she have to be the one? Like, I'm a better woman than her like I'm I've done this and my product should be you know in the spotlight like how come I'm not getting what I'm you know they felt like they're the ones who yeah. were more deserving and it's just like no like maybe if you took that anger and that fucked up energy that you have and you're wounding and you put that into something create your own lane work with me you know ask me instead of copying yeah. or instead of putting me down or you know using your energy to harm me it's like why don't you reach out to me from a heartfelt place and be like wow like Brie I really need help like you know I'm making these whatever candles or herbs or yeah. you know tinctures and stuff like I really need help like how, would you be interested and I'd be like oh my god like that, that's amazing like let's know. talk to each other but I don't know I'm not gonna say that I'm like perfect you know what I mean because I think there's always that insecurity. Like everybody has insecurities. We all have trauma. We all have wounding. We're all like at the end of the day, like wounded children and we have our tantrums and I know I can be defensive and, you know, have my days, but yeah. I think that in the years of creating and being in this space, it really has made me not like obsessed so much over like, Oh, this person's copying me I, I know at the end of the day it's like okay well you can copy a result but you don't have the formula like you don't have my brain you don't have the integrity like you're just mimicking something and it's not authentic to your vision and you're only shutting yourself off from your vision because you're not channeling that your real spirit your real energy into what you're creating you're just copying something that you know is going to get you likes or views or you know what I mean like it's just it's not it's not the same it's not authentic and people will feel that they know it at the end of the day it's like you can you can fake a result but you are at the you know at some point you're gonna have to you know show the real deal in real life so I also, one of my beliefs, it's a Kabbalistic belief. I've heard it expressed similarly in Buddhism. I'm not Buddhist, but I've heard like a similar, maybe, maybe it's in Christianity. I wouldn't know. Um, but like, we all have our own unique spirit. And one of our purposes of many, we all have many purposes in our lives is to bring forth that uniqueness is to bring forth our unique expression of our creativity, however it is, whether you are a nurse or a wig maker or a tarot reader or a candle creator or an author or an accountant, whatever it is 
that is within your container of genius or expression, that's part of what we're here to do. Mm-hmm. And so part of the fun of being a human, I think, in this like not fun world of being a human <laughs> is like connecting with it, figuring it out and like expressing it and whatever way it wants to come through you as being this vessel of spirit, you know? I agree. And I really love connecting with people who have like minds are people who have totally different concepts, but we love like the same like art or, you know, they have a different idea or like just a different vision of how I can execute something. I always, I really stand by this. I love, love, love working in creative teams of people. I just love like bouncing ideas where we take a concept just from the ether and putting it into a tangible, real project that is, you know, giving birth into the world. We share this like beauty with everyone and and we're just so proud of it. Mm. That to me is so much more fun than when I'm like sitting and like fixating by myself, like, Oh, like, how am I going to do this? And I don't know how I'm going to get this made. And I don't know know what I'm doing, but it's like really tapping in, especially when I meet like other magical people and magical artists and like makers. And they're like, Oh, I know how to do that. Like, Oh, I'm really good at like web design. I'm doing this. I'm, I'm like, wow. Like, I don't know how to do that. Can you help me do this too? So I think if we start seeing like, and, and this is something I tell myself all the time, whenever you're feeling threatened, or if you're feeling like this person's better than me, or they're take coming to take what I have, it's like, learn from them. What are you lacking? What are you feeling that you're lacking? What is What are you scared of? And it's like, ask questions, reach out, get get information, te- challenge yourself to learn some new shit. Like if you're feeling like, somebody's copying and stealing everything you're doing and you you are constantly putting out just I, I guess I'll even say like a, a, that negativity is just like learn some new shit then if somebody's already caught up to what you're doing yeah. I know that I'm not pushing myself challenging myself creatively in what I need to be doing and I'm caught up on the wrong thing so that is something well, I have to remind myself First, it was the Virgo full moon coming from me. And now it's you, Brie. Thank you. Thank you for that. Okay. Heard, heard, heard. Okay. I have two last, I have two last questions for you, if that's okay. Okay. Yeah. The, the first is what magical or spiritual practices are keeping you collected and grounded and sane right now? Hmm, I would say drinking wine. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding but also not um but just I mean honestly like a lot I know this sounds so cliche and like just like corny but like a lot of self-care I feel like a lot of disconnecting um from the outside world and I love spiritual baths I am really 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 obsessed with like spiritual baths um candle magic Um, setting my intentions and you know what has been really really grounding for me since the pandemic Um, but even before that but I think what really has made it more closer for me making sure that I'm taking care of my altar Mm -hmm. making sure that my ancestral altar is tended to like weekly that is a huge 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 grounding factor to me 
um, making sure that they're fed, making sure that the water is clear, making sure that the flowers are not dead and dying. There's no dust. It's not funky. It's not dirty. There's no old food or nothing's old and dirty. Um, so getting into the habit of taking good care of my altars um, and sitting and communing with my ancestors, I try to do that every single day. Even if it's five minutes, if it's 10 minutes, if it's longer, but just checking in with them and letting them know um, what's going on in my life, not just asking for things. I think um, your connection to your spirits and to your guides and especially to your um, elevated ancestors is important for you to take good care of them. It's a reciprocal relationship. So I think a lot of times we have the game a little twisted where it's like, oh, I'm going to sit and I'm going to ask for a million dollars and I want my business to be successful and I want you to make magic overnight. Like You need to make my business successful and fight off every enemy. And it's like, you don't do shit. Like <laughs> they have no flowers. They have nothing, no fresh water. There's no rum. Like there's no, you don't do anything for them. So it's like, imagine being in this dead-end relationship with a yeah. bum you know what I mean a bum who's constantly asking to for you to feed them and give them money and give them the best sex life and give them beauty and all of the rich you know all this stuff it's like how are you asking for all of these things and you don't do shit like you don't get off your own ass to do anything but you also are not taking care of your spiritual team who has your back and loves you and wants you to succeed so you got to take good care of them. And I think uh, that's been really important for me. So cleansing, uh, like I said, cleansing, healing baths, like ritual baths. I love, that's my time to really decompress and clear out the energy. If I'm feeling icky, um, cleaning up my house, I guess that would even be like a spiritual practice. Cause I do think it fits, it falls into spiritual hygiene. So like Cleaning your house. I love cooking. That's a spiritual act for me, like making sure that my family is happy and like nourished and fed. Like to me, that's that is a really big blessing, like being able to yeah. buy good food um, and to sleep comfortably. Like those are really important things for me. <laughs> so Beautiful. 100%. I love, love, love how you highlighted that magic is a relationship. It's a relationship between you and your spirits. If you have an ancestral practice or a deity practice, it's a relationship. And it's something that since I've gotten into the practice of that, even if I'm not particularly doing spells, even if I'm not casting anything or, or going for anything, just having those check-ins and having those moments where I can express gratitude mm -hmm. and make offerings strength, strengthens that relationship that much more. And I'm so glad you highlighted that because I often see that not talked about or discussed. So thank you so much for that. My last cue is what are you excited about this spring and summer? Do you have anything you can share? Like, is there any, like, can you drop a hint, drop a clue for our listeners? Yes. So I am really excited after so many years, I am finally writing my first book and I am 
just thrilled about it because I'm going to be sharing so much of my personal practice, who I am, how I've grown up, my family, um, just sharing just the journey and my life and really allowing people, you know, finally just opening up. I feel like it was time to share that. And I'm going to be doing an event in New York um, it, for the summer solstice. So I'll be telling you guys all about that. Um, but mostly, yeah, I'm excited for my book. Like that's the birth of my new baby. Like that is that was the creation process of like creating and destroying and like being reborn again and again and again. It's like over and over and especially having to do this during a pandemic. Um, it was hell. It was a hell of a journey um, to pull myself through this and to write it and to get it out. And I did it and I'm very proud of myself and I'm very grateful and uh, the date for that is tentative. So I will be letting you guys know. And of course I'm letting you know. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm excited. I'm, I'm very like, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm thrilled for the sun and to be able to travel again, to see my friends, to eat outdoors. See, I'm always talking about eating. I, that's the Taurus. I told you the Taurus. <laughs> Taurus son that's my energy I'm like yeah let's go eat like let's sit in nature and eat some snacks but I'm excited for that ah uh, huge congratulations I cannot wait to read it I know that everyone listening cannot wait to read it thank you so so much for your time your energy for everything you've done um thank you thank you thank you thank you so much for having me I feel like this was long overdue and I'm just, oh, I'm so excited. Thank you. Bye. Bye. That was our show for the week. I don't have to hope you enjoyed it because I know you enjoyed it. Give Brie a follow, support their work financially, and send them a kind message or comment letting them know that you appreciate their work. We have to give people their flowers while they were here, you know. So let's give Brie all the bouquets she deserves. Until next week, I'm sending love, protection, ease, and peace. Moon Beaming is brought to you by The Moon Studio. It is created and hosted by me, Sarah Faith Godestiner. It is edited by Rose Blakelock with a lot of additional help from Hazel Frew. It is supported by our beautiful patrons, which you can join over at patreon.com, The Moon Studio. If you would like to further support the podcast, you can sign up for a sponsorship. You can rate and review it or share it with your friends or on your social media. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you so much.